Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I am Marvin Williams. And today is episode 66. We are moving along through this lineup of faithful men and women. And it's been incredible just to hear some of the stories and see some of the ways in which they, um, these individuals had faith and how it inspires us to have faith Absolutely. As well. So today is Hebrews 11, 30 and 31, a person, Rahab, and then kind of collectively the Israelite people. But in the same story. In the same story. So we'll have two perspectives on the same story. Yep. So... Um, you, you and I have played hide and seek, not not together, obviously, but we've played hide and seek. Played many times, um, yes. So why do you think, and and, and it's so much fun, um, you know, as, as we're children, it's, it's a lot of fun. So why do you think children enjoy the game of hide and seek? Hmm. I think, well, I always enjoyed the hiding over the seeking. Would you say that's true for you? <laughs> I think so. I yeah, don't like yeah. being, I didn't so much like being the seeker because then you feel like, oh, I'm the only one. But the hiding part, there is just something fun about finding a good spot. Yep. And, you know, your heart gets pumping a little bit when they come in the they room. They get closer. Or they're coming <laughs> close and you just try not to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so I do think there is something about us that loves a good hide. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's the... Um, there's this sense that I've chosen a secret place that you know nothing about. Uh-huh. And um, and it proves if you can't find me, then it proves that I was smarter than you because I found a space that, number one, you didn't think about and you couldn't uh, and you couldn't find me. And so I think that that there's something about that that is, I think, super, super fun. Uh, on the other hand, the 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 seeker, you know, is. It tries to get into the mind of the person who is is hiding. So that that can be kind of fun. But I think, hands down, I love to be the hider mm-hmm. versus the versus the seeker. Mm-hmm. And so, so why are we talking about hide and seek? Because what, the character that we are looking at today, she kind of played a little hide and seek, mm-hmm. and uh, it was um, it, it was all a part of. I think God's plan. So who are we talking about? So we're talking about Rahab, one of two women mentioned in this Hebrews 11 so far. So we've had Sarah. Yeah. And now we have Rahab. Um, what is special or what was unique about, again, this This is, I love that God is choosing these characters because there's something unique about yes. Rahab that. In our minds, we just simply would not put her in a pristine story, right? That's right. She is every time described as the prostitute Rahab. Yeah. Like that is her identifier. And you mean to tell me that God chooses people like that? Isn't that remarkable? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It really is. So let's give some context, though, for this story. So we, um, I guess last episode was the Red Sea. Yep. The Israelites have left Egypt now because of some choices that they made. They have 40 years of wandering wandering in the the desert before they are able to enter the promised land. Moses has died. Um, We're actually now in the book of Joshua. Mm -hmm. And Joshua is leading the people. So our story today covers Joshua chapter 2 through 6, as well as that Hebrews 11, 30 and 31. So they are um, right on the edge of the Jordan River. Yep. 
And Joshua says, let's send some spies into the city of Jericho, this ridiculously highly defended city. Yep. Now, before you before you go on, we okay. the, give a little bit more context in that, for that very first chapter, because Joshua is about to take the people into some very difficult times. And yet... God tells Joshua, Moses is dead. I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. Be courageous. And he mentions that like I don't, like four <laughs> or five times. Yes. Be courageous and I am going to be with you. So, so just a little bit more color to the story because when you hear words like that, it gives you motivation to you know, to take the next steps. And and now we're at the Jordan River. Yes. And so these are difficult steps. Yeah. They uh, There's a river in between them. Yep. There is this city that has these crazy walls uh, that are thick and tall. Uh, and remember, these Israelite people have been wandering in the desert yeah. for 40 years. They don't have a highly trained military They've also been wandering and living in tents. So it's not even like they have cities where they would have, I don't know, factories, not the right word for that time (laughs) period. But they wouldn't have had uh, skilled workmen. Like everybody's just in survival mode, you know, providing for your food, for your daily. Well, God took care of that, I guess, most (laughs) of the desert time. But but this is not a settled culture where they have a military and that sort of a thing. But they're obeying. They're being strong and courageous, yeah. as God says, in circumstances that are quite beyond above their heads. Yeah. Now, now, the interesting thing is right before they get ready to go to the city, um, Joshua is outside of the city and and he is brought face to face with the commander of the Lord's army. So again, here it is that like, like they are not experienced soldiers, but when you have the commander of the Lord's army, you don't have to be experienced. Makes you feel pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so, so Joshua is now, I think, encouraged even more because he says, are you with us? Or are you for our adversaries? And he says, no, I am I am, I, I belong to God. I don't, I'm not beholden to anyone in this case, but I am going to fight for you. And so we see this picture of, I think, you know, it could, it could be his strength is, is kind of waning a little bit because he's now trying to go into this impregnable city, high walls. And yet right before the major battle, um, which is not really a battle. We'll, we'll see. Um, I think God reminds him that I am with you. I am for you. And, um, and, and you don't have to do this alone. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about Rahab and her role in the story. Cause she's not an Israelite. She is Rahab, the prostitute, as we yeah. mentioned, she is, she lives in Jericho and she lives, um, in the city wall, yeah. the outskirts, the rough side of town. I mean, that's where prostitutes would would live. Uh, the spies go in to the city, check out what they need to check out. They probably, and I, I mean, it would make sense. They stop at the prostitute's house to find out because she would know people. Yeah, absolutely. She's going to have lots of people coming in and out of her, her house. She probably hears stuff. She would be a good informant. And she ends up hiding them. Uh, you know, word gets out. There's there are spies here, so they're tracking tracking them down. She hides them and helps them to escape. But why why do you think she would hide them and help them to escape? Yes, which that is a great question because here she is a 
Jerichoian. I don't know what do you call a person who lives in Jericho. I don't know. Uh, she is a yeah, but that she says I know. Yeah, I've heard about your God. Yeah, yeah. and I know that he is. You have conquered the city. So that I think is so remarkable. She barely knows. Right, right. The living God, and yet she's willing to risk her life to to align herself with this God, which is such a huge. Um, point for us, our, our faith isn't, can't be too new or can't be too small for us to be used in God's plan. I love it. I love it. You know, she barely, she knew, heard of God, this one true God. Yeah. And she believed with that little belief based on that brief time. So God can use us. Yeah. Whether you've been a believer for two days or 20 years, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Whether you have read the Bible cover to cover and know portions of it by memory, or you're just getting going, like God uses faith like a mustard seed. Yeah. Jesus references it. That that teeny tiny, that's God God uses us. Yeah. And and that that the the text says, and she uh, and she heard about God. So, which lets me know that our testimony of God's faithfulness, um, our testimony of God's miraculous power, our testimony of God's deliverance, God, our testimony of God working in our lives can impact, can ignite the faith in another person. And so whatever God has brought you through, whatever miracle he's worked, whatever reversal um, and restoration he's given you, don't hide that testimony. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't withhold because in you telling your story, writing it down or telling a friend, it could actually ignite the faith in someone else to actually act on God's behalf. And I think the story of Rahab is an example of her hearing who she had to have heard it from someone. Yeah. Someone had to spread the word that, did you hear that God dried up the Red Sea? Did you hear that he did this? And and as a result, um, you know, the Jerichoans, uh, their faith melt or their um, th- their hearts melted yeah. before that story. And many of them, I think, just like Rahab, um, believed. Here's another interesting point. And, and I think that we can't dismiss this, that... Because in our Western mind, we might think that a sex worker or a prostitute, there is no way mm-hmm. they can do that job and still believe. And we just came back from Kenya and we had conversations with sex workers and they um, they they said, this is what we do. This is not who we are. We do this because we're trying to survive. And again, the the people who are working with them just simply said, we're trying to help them come out of that lifestyle. And so we asked the question, what what keeps you hoping? And their response was pretty interesting. They said, "Um, our children, because we don't want our children Mm -hmm. to live this kind of lifestyle and our faith in God. Again, that that is that is so different for us to um, to hold on to because we figure you have to be pristine and mm-hmm. if you're to have faith in God. And yet, Rahab is an example of someone who is still struggling with her lifestyle, and yet she's believing in God. I love it. Yeah, and I think there are two things we can, or two sides of that coin that we can take from that from Rahab's story as well as your story. That's super powerful. Just that one. 
God can use us no matter our past. Yeah. And for us, um, maybe on the other side of that coin of we need to love and accept everybody no matter their past. Yeah. Or their, I mean, things are so much more complex than we often think. And it is when we're in relationship with people that our eyes are open to the complexity of someone's situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just encourage you to not make that quick judgment of writing somebody off. Well, there's no way they could be used Um, or writing yourself off and say, well, I've messed up far more than, than God could use me. I mean, I do think as we look at all of the stories, we've time and time again, talked about character flaws or mistakes of these people. So that is, that's just continuing here that it's not about our perfect track record that qualifies us for um, being used by God. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting, you know, again, if, if we project a little bit to the Advent and to the Christmas story, our Lord and Savior's lineage yeah. is filled with imperfect people. And yet- um, Including the, Rahab. Including Rahab. And this perfect Savior comes to, he, he not only- um, uh, again, he, he doesn't just save those who quote unquote are perfect or religious. He he actually specializes in those who are broken and broken like Rahab, broken like me, broken like you. And yet he comes to save just those kind and or he comes to save those kind. And so I love that our savior story includes Rahab. It cl- yeah. includes those imperfect people. So, but we, we have to turn the corner yep. with, um, because Rahab kind of hides these spies. These spies go back to tell, uh, to tell Joshua and, uh, and they give the promise that they'll protect yeah, that's her right. and her family. That's, that's how, right. that's how she gets to be eventually yeah, right. <laughs> in the lineage of Jesus because she makes it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they promise that they'll protect her. If she puts a cord, red cord outside her window, they'll know, okay, will that anybody that's in that housing will be saved. So that then Yes. Now back there, they've gone back. They, the, they've, they've gone back. And I, I kind of referenced it early and you, you brought me back and put me back on task is that he tells, <laughs> tells Joshua and you know, I, I'd imagine Joshua hears this and it's like, he's thinking through like, can we do this? I don't know. And he's outside the city and um, he is met by the commander of the Lord's army, I think, who encourages him um, that um, that everything that God has said about the city, that the city is given to him, um, it will come to pass. So 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 Joshua comes back and he tells the people um, uh, he kind of tells them to sanctify themselves because God is about to do a mighty work. But but. Something happens even before they go into the city and before they or before God gives them, Joshua gives them the battle plan. What does he tell the men to do? He has them all circumcised, which weakens them physically. I mean, I I think it is. God doesn't make any sense to me sometimes. No, I know. (laughs) And in that Hebrews 11 passage, when it says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. I think, yeah, because that's all they had. I mean, we already talked about, they are not a great army. These walls are ridiculously strong, tall, deep. Uh, They hadn't, and then 
okay, maybe they had their physical strength and their numbers, but even then that is weakened as well. So they have nothing going for them going into this battle. (laughs) Even the battle plan is ridiculous. It involves marching around seven times a day and the most intimidating uh, weapon they have is trumpets. Yeah, yeah. It makes Zippo sense strategically, uh, physically, nothing. All they have is faith. And so that... I guess it's kind of the understatement of by faith those walls came yeah, down. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was only God. They uh, again. What is marching around the wall? Um, you know, once a day, and then on the seventh day, once or seven times around the the city, and then blowing a trumpet, and then a loud shout, and like, what is that going to do? It doesn't make any sense to me, and yet. The stuff that God asks us to do, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. And they do that. They follow God's directions. And I can imagine, you know, Joshua saying, okay, here's the battle plan. And I'm quite sure people are like on tiptoed expectation. Like, so when, like, like, are we going to get guns? Are we going to get swords (laughs) or something? No, we're going to, we're going to march. You know, once once a day, and then on the seventh day, we're going to march seven times, and the priests are going to blow their trumpet, and and we're all going to ah shout, and the walls are going to come down. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense I know. to it, me. It, it is so crazy, <laughs> and, and and yet I love how that uh, Joshua six two, the Lord says, "Look, I have handed Jericho to you. Like yeah, yeah. the battle's already won. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's a done deal. No questions about that." Uh, That's beautiful. I mean, again, the battle, the battle is the battle is the Lord's. Yep. It's not ours. And um, and I think knowing that, I think that's part of what the commander of the Lord's army told was telling Joshua, it's not your battle. It's not your adversary's battle. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord's battle. And I think um, that that's just a good reminder for us that whatever we're going through, uh, God is fighting for us. It's his battle and it's his reputation. I think God does this. I think God does this. He gives these these unusual uh, commands that weak, that in a weakened state. So when we're successful, when we're successful, we can take no credit uh, to uh, to ourselves. It's God and God alone who is winning the battle for us. And all the credit goes to him yeah. and not because we had some really nice scheme, some nice battle plan with a strong army. Uh, God says, I want you weak. So when it's successful, then you can take no credit uh, to uh, for yourself. It's credit that belongs to me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's powerful. So what can we believe about God, ourselves and others from this Jericho and Rahab story? Yeah. And, and I think um, I, I think I'm going to kind of beat you to the punch on this. One, okay, God, I know God, you, I asked it. God, so you get to answer first. <laughs> God loves using imperfect people. Yeah. He loves using all kinds of people. And Rahab's story is one of those examples. She's a prostitute, a sex worker, and yet God uses her and not only uses her, but saves her mm-hmm. because of her faith. And um, and really, um, it is our faith in, um, in uh, again, our faith in Jesus that saves us. It's not according to works. It's not according to what, how good we are. It is truly because we have faith. And I think Rahab's story is an example of how God uses imperfect people. Yeah. And I think that 
I totally agree and would have said that, but I'll say something. <laughs> uh, I think a truth that on the surface I don't like, but I really, but I really ultimately do is that fact that when we are weak, he is strong. I don't like to be weak. I don't like to feel like I'm in need. I like to have things in control and things, you know, in my own strength or going according to my plan. But when I look back on my life and I see the times when I felt the closest to the Lord or the times when I saw him so amazingly move. Yeah, yeah. It was when I was weak or when yeah. I faced challenge. So, like I said, I don't like it, but I really do like it because yeah. I know that that is true. That he, when I am weak, he is strong. And that's when I see him the best, when I am depending on him, like the Israelites here, like even Rahab. Uh, that That is a powerful truth. And then when he moves and shows up and and gives us the success and success, not, you know, the money, the cars, the house, that sort of thing. Um, We ultimately, the credit belongs to him. And there is nothing that we can point to, to say it was my strength that did this. And, uh, and so I love, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, friends, for joining us. Uh, We're so glad that you took the time to listen to the podcast today. Encourage you to share it with a friend and have your own spiritual conversation. 